0: Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Alicia and Solomon Tetti. Their story is a reminder that tapping into our community can always bring healing. As a therapist and helping others deal with trauma daily, navigating her own trauma through her birth was very unexpected for Alicia. We are thankful thankful for Alicia and Solomon for having the courage to share their story today. So hello, welcome to the show. Oh. <laughs> hello. <laughs> that was a great thank intro. You. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, we're super pumped because you both are here. Um, we tend to usually only have the birthing person, but we always ah. encourage partners <laughs> to be a part of it. So we are truly excited for that, so. Yeah.
1: Now, can you guys start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family?
2: Okay. Okay, so I'm Alicia, and I um, identify as a change agent. I um, practice full-time as a mental health therapist, and I teach part-time at a couple universities here. And um, the mom of twins, they're 22 months and I'm currently um 32 or 33 weeks pregnant I can't really remember but this baby is due on the twins birthday so I don't know I don't know if everybody had the same birthday I'm not really sure Uh, um and our family so Solomon and I were talking about this the other day we do a lot of family things which my life wasn't like that growing up so that's been really important to me um and I never really envisioned being married or having children, so it's it's interesting um and I have a good um i think we have a good balance Solomon and I are very different, but I think it it's very balanced um which is nice and as a therapist. So when I Solomon and I first started dating, I used to bring home like activities for us to do. I know he thought I was crazy. And so, you know, I talk about mental health a lot at home um, because it is, it is so important to me. Um, but like you mentioned in the intro, I think I didn't, I have experienced other traumatic things, but I think up up until now the twins birth has been the most traumatic thing that I've experienced. Um, second, second, most traumatic thing. So
1: yeah.
3: Well, I'm Solomon. I'm an artist here in Charlotte. And I'm also training to be a computer programmer. Uh, grew up, grew up around computer programming and music a lot. My dad's from West Africa. He was a big music enthusiast and he started, you gotta get into mechanical work and engineering. So we just kind of picked those things up. I uh, grew up with both of my parents. So I was very familiar with, you know, the, the marriage union and doing family things, all those, some of the stuff was still kind of, I grew up with all brothers. So I have four brothers. So a lot of the things that we did growing up, of course, you know, being boys, we didn't really want to. So it can <laughs> still kind of be like that now. But then when I do it, it reminds me of growing up. So, you know, and she's right, you know, we're very different, but we have a really great balance. We do a lot of things together, you know, um, try to stay as connected as possible. That keeps everything kind of going pretty good. And, you know, the twins came August 15th, got this other baby come August 15th. My birthday is August 13th. So she in here with a bunch of Leos. Yeah. <laughs>
2: and my mom is August 12th. Yeah. I'm surrounded wow. by these Leos. Yeah. <laughs>
3: So it's a very uh, active house, you know, everybody's always just, the kids are awesome. They're funny too, so. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, well, congratulations. Thank um, you. That's exciting. That is a lot of Leos. <laughs> a lot. Um, <laughs> and that will be interesting if Baby does come on the twins birthdays that would all be just a beautiful story and if baby doesn't still a beautiful story um (laughs) but that is wonderful um and you're right i think i and i'm making a generalization of the people that i know who have great relationships i think having that balance of each other being different can just bring out the best in all of us and allow for a lot of growth. So, Mm -hmm. um, and staying connected, like you said, Solomon is just, I think important in any relationship. Um, so with that, can you tell us a little bit about your pregnancy with the twins? What was that Mm -hmm. like?
2: So, um, it was my first pregnancy and I'll never forget, um, found out I was pregnant and we were, you know, excited, Um, And surprised because I've never been pregnant. I know that sounds silly, but I don't think you know if you can or not. And I know quite a few people um, with some infertility concerns. So um, I was surprised. And then on my birthday, it was my 30th birthday, we found out it was two. (laughs) So that was the biggest birthday gift I've ever had. Um, There are no living twins in my family, but there were two there were supposed to be two sets but one half of each set passed away um at birth and so the pregnancy was great i mean i didn't have morning sickness i maybe threw up one time after eating some bad blueberries remember we were going on a hike um but yeah i i'm pretty active so i ran throughout the whole pregnancy worked out um it was it was good and we had to move in the middle at the, towards the end, just like this one kind of feels like deja vu. We're moving from here now soon too. But, um, yeah, it was really good. We ended up getting, um, we had a surprise wedding at our baby shower, So nobody knew we were getting married except the pastor and our therapist. And so we decided to do it at the shower because we were like, everyone's here. I mean, why not? Um, I don't need a lot of pomp and circumstance around things um not to knock people that that do but i that's just not my personality so um that was pretty big that year um and so yeah the pregnancy was great i i enjoyed my doctor i went through you know um health systems so
0: y'all oh, are speaking to all my favorite things surprise weddings <laughs> yeah, yeah. <at laughs> baby shower <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, everybody that was is. like, what in the world? So who actually knew? Just nobody. A,
2: I didn't tell my oh. best friend. She was hot oh. at me. And i tell her everything. She was like, I can't believe you didn't tell me. I said, well, it was a surprise. And my mom said the same thing. She's like, I can't believe. I was like, it was a surprise.
1: Like oh, a real those surprise. Are, yeah. those are two people that are not trying to hear the surprise. No,
0: <laughs> no. Did everyone know that you were having twins or was that also a yeah. surprise? Okay. Yeah, people knew we were having twins. Okay, yeah. got it. Um, and so, Solomon, how was first pregnancy for you? Like how, I mean, I know you're probably excited and all of that, but oh, yeah. how was that for
3: you? <laughs> um, I have a, I have an older daughter. She just turned four, 14. So I've been through the process before, <laughs> but I think it's different. The older you get, you know, the more aware you are, you kind of like, Then you're like in it. You know, when you're younger, it's different. You just, you know, you roll with the punches. So this one's very different too, especially being twins. Um, We waited to know the gender too until they came out. So that was another surprise too. Yeah. So that was awesome. Um, So it was was very normal. It was different too. Uh, You know, Alicia's very different. You know, I never seen somebody, you know, run that long or, you know, that active or not have problems during their pregnancy, you no know, throwing up or anything like that. Um, I was used to it my mom, I see my mom, you know, at least three of my let's see, no, probably about two of my brothers I remember her, you know, having and so I saw her go through a whole lot of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to not see it, um, it was it was kind of amazing to see and then get into the the actual um delivery was different and so I guess you know I I think too um, being a spouse and being a man in a relationship you just kind of you just want to just like overlook everything you just want to make sure everybody's safe you know you don't tend to things can change you just tend to try to just make sure like everything's going good I'm one of those people that I expect a, a lot of different outcomes I'm not like Oh, it's got to go this way or it's going to go this way. I'm always like looking for the the changes because, you know, you just never know. So, but I was, I was pretty, I was pretty cool. I was more happy for her, you know, just yeah. being able to experience that.
0: So you said that you had seen like, did for your mom, did you actually, were you at the births of your Brother? oh no they, oh, okay. they didn't
3: okay. let us they they wouldn't let us go i think my oldest brother always watched us with the last two i know for sure okay yeah i think we will go the day the day afterwards
1: okay
3: yeah okay. yeah but we actually we actually didn't get to witness it okay you
0: know? got it I was just wondering the way the way you said it. I was like, oh, he was at the birth. That's awesome. Oh
3: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, For my for my oldest daughter, I was so okay. you know that was that yeah. was the first time. Yeah. Okay. And it's always the same feeling too. I mean, you know, having a bad, I can't. You know, I don't know that part. But like seeing that actually happen, it's, it's probably definitely like still the like the number one most amazing thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So you guys started to prepare for the birth itself. um, What did that look like? And was that, were the things that you did intentional?
2: Um, Yeah, I got a lot of, I'm a reader naturally, so I bought a ton of books. Um, And one of my good friends, her job, she's a labor and delivery nurse, but she's also a doula. And so um, throughout the whole process, she was my doula and she, you know, guided me through and checked in with me. Um, I went to prenatal yoga. Um, we went to the parenting classes. I was trying to give birth at a birthing center originally, but when they found out it was two, um, they had me transfer my care, but I still, we still went to the parenting classes at the birthing center, which I really enjoyed. Um, Solomon is really healthy. So our diet was already fine. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, naturally, I try to keep my stress low, but definitely during pregnancy, I was very intentional about just keeping my stress low. Um, I'm a natural workaholic. I enjoy working. I enjoy my work. Um, so I think I worked right up until maybe a week Yeah, it was or uh, two or something.
1: Yeah.
2: I can't remember, yeah. but I know I worked close to the due date um and I remember feeling like they weren't ready to come because I ran like four miles the same day that I went to the hospital um but yeah that's pretty much what preparation I mean we had a shower but I didn't really care about like I just knew we needed a crib you know some diapers I, I, I didn't go I'm not um into like clothes and stuff so I wasn't like buying you know a ton of things every now and again I would get like a cute little twin onesie set or something but um I was more focused on like being mentally ready um and so I put a lot of focus
0: on that yeah I'm
1: sorry
0: it just hit me in my head and you know, I know birthing people's bodies can do beautiful things. Yo, you was running with twins. Like, can we just mm-hmm. I tried one time to run during one of my pregnancies and I said this ain't for me. I don't know how people is out here running with twins. So yes, okay, we yeah. can do all things. Um... Yeah, can. <laughs> especially, you know,
2: I started running in grad school for my anxiety and I just kept it up since then since then. And so one of one of the things that I was concerned about, and we because we were in premarital counseling while I was pregnant um but no but nobody knew, but one of the things that I was really concerned about was losing myself um and it's just because I've seen it a lot like in my clients and like other people that I know, like I didn't want to lose my identity as Alicia. I was like really concerned with that, and so I was talking to my doctor. And I really wanted to be able to keep doing. You know, I knew I couldn't do everything, but you know, she was very encouraging. She was like, "You are already a runner. Like, you can keep running. It's not going to hurt the baby. Um, we just don't recommend you start something that you've never done while you're pregnant." And so that was, um, it was very soothing to me that I had that. That you know, that I could hold on to.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, that's beautiful. But. Kudos to you. Okay.
1: So Solomon, what about you? What was your preparation like as of now becoming a father for the second time? um, And knowing that you were having two more. What was that actually like? And how did you seek support for yourself?
3: yeah having two at the same time there was a lot different than the first time so the preparation was different I think um I think being so excited you just just kind of do whatever is needed I think for me was more so like mental preparation you know I think uh other things just because of the first time I realized that it's one of those things that you learn as you go and every time it's different and um Things can change, things things can be different with one pregnancy than they are with the other, uh, one child than they are the other. And so um, just preparing myself for uh, not just trying to put like concrete ideas in place of what should and what should be. So I think mostly for me, I just did a lot of um, mental things, a lot of things that I just constantly do, you know, on the regular, pray more, uh, meditate, uh, just try to listen to music, just try to stay calm, really. I think for me, um, pregnancy is just one of those things where the main thing is just staying calm, you know. Well, as far as like preparation and things I was doing, I'm like, nah, just making sure she was okay and whatever, you know, she present to the table. Um, it just really is it's, for me, you know, as the partner, it's just going to be more so like making sure she's okay. You know, because I'm not actually physically going through it. So it's more how well I'm going to be as a supporter and a coach, you know.
1: Sure. I can appreciate you both really focusing on the mental aspect of it. We often think so much of the physicality of birth and all the things that have to do with that, but especially as black people, like really digging into like, okay, my body's stressed being black every day anyway. So now I'm pregnant. Now my my partner is pregnant, so I'm a, I'm on a little bit more alert, right? You're yep. thoughtful, you're thinking of her every day and what she's going through, um, and that's something that we need to just highlight and make sure that we're when talking to people as they're expecting, like, hey, there's more to it than just, um, you know, eating healthy and making right. sure you keep your body moving because just like you said, that stuff is connected, of course, with your anxiety mm-hmm. and different things like that but calling it out, right? Calling out like the mental preparation of there's about to be a shift in our household, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I did do that I forgot, um, because I knew, that because I, I have in the past had like depressive episodes, I was very intentional about telling Solomon like what to be on the lookout for. So I already am a therapist, like I can talk my way in and out of things, but like if you see these things, like that probably means something is going on um, whether it's post or peripartum. So I was very intentional about that. Um, Just reminded him like, this is what it could look like if I'm overwhelmed or if you see me not doing these things. Um, So that
0: is one thing I was intentional about. Yeah. I love that because of your work, you have the language to identify that I think. Mm -hmm. And knowing yourself and i think if we haven't done that work before sometimes we don't know what that right. looks like or how it comes up and so then we're right. not able to tell other people like hey or even to ourselves this is not this doesn't feel like me right um, so that's that's really important to being able to have the words to identify like These are the things to look for. Because, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, you've been with someone, you do know for the most Mm -hmm. part about what doesn't feel and look right. But there's some things you miss. Or there's Mm -hmm. things that come up that can just be mixed in the shuffle of, like, everyday life of, like, oh, I'm I'm cleaning up a lot. And, yeah, I clean up a lot. But, like, this is different than what my normal Mm -hmm. clean up a lot looks like. So, yeah
1: you even acknowledging that we're different people when we're pregnant, like, yeah, or that yeah. the pregnancy may pull out some things from our past that we weren't, we didn't know was going to pull out, you know, um, whether that be on either side, right? Not just yeah. for yeah. Alicia, but also for you, Solomon, as a partner, like, okay, this is reminding me of, you know, this experience with my family or this person yes. and you just never know until it presents itself and you're like really having to like name it right mm-hmm. you yeah. say that okay this is actually touching me in a different place <laughs> <And> I, just, <laughs> yep. I wasn't yeah. ready for
0: right <laughs> 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 yes it's true all right y'all tell us about your birth <laughs>
1: hmm.
0: so we were at the house
2: I was thinking like, I think I'm having contractions. And he was cleaning up. So Solomon is the cleaner of the two of us. So he's cleaning up, you know. I think he had recently gotten me to pack a bag cause for a long time everyone was like, did you pack your go bag? I'm like, nah, I didn't pack the go bag. Um, But I remember we had the bag and he was like, okay. He went and got the paper and he started like timing the contractions and made me a bath.
3: Um, yeah, made me Yeah, you made a bath. me a
2: bath. I got in the bath and then called my doula. And she was doing the same thing. Like, I'ma come to the house, or you want me to meet you there? Like, what do you want to do? I think we called the hospital and she told us to wait until they were however many minutes apart. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> well, um how
3: many minutes that was
2: but then it got to the point where they were coming so close that it was time to check me in. So we all go to the hospital. Now I th- I, I had all my people at the, <laughs> at the hospital. My friends were there. One of my, I have a podcast. My co-host was there. My mama was there. My grandma was there. It was the whole thing. Um, because they were all in town um, to, you know, to see the baby.
3: And, well, they they scheduled the um cesarean. Yeah, remember I think they told they told you to wait. I guess um, they was the con the contractions was coming fast, but then they was just like wait, or they the contractions subsided. Mm -hmm. You was like I'm good, and then they had scheduled the uh, what was that? They scheduled that day, Mm -hmm. that Monday. For you to come in, right? Uh, to for induction, yeah, that's what. It
2: right. Is. So an induction was scheduled for the third, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, the induction was scheduled for the thirteen, but it just wasn't happening. And again, I was like, I don't think it's ready. So that we we were in the room, and they had to induce me. Sorry, some of this is a blur. It's okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Some of it
2: I can't remember, but I know that I was induced multiple times, multiple ways. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, man, you should have eaten because they don't let you eat. Um, <clears throat> and...
3: Was, I think that first day, is you just made me realize something, too. Um, you know
2: the story better than yeah, me? Yeah.
3: Because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because it was yeah. So what happened was, so that they actually, without knowing, they scheduled the induction it was on the 13th, right. My birthday.
2: That was his birthday.
3: So we go there, and they give her what's 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 the drug they was gonna use? I don't know. Pitocin. Pitocin. Know. Yeah. So they started her on that, right? And then they started. I think like hours later, some contractions started coming or whatnot. And then, so we go through a whole day of that. We're thinking, like, you know, with the induction, supposed to go pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think nothing really happened that day. She didn't really dilate. Maybe I forgot how much. But around this time, she done been, you know, they got her meds and all this other stuff. So she didn't do meds the first day. Mm-hmm. But then the second day, I knew something was funny because you had came to me and you had this phase, and you was like, I forgot what you were saying, but you just look like you won't.
2: So my original plan was a vaginal natural birth, right? Um, Even with twins, that that was always my plan. But I just remember um, being induced multiple times and then being in labor for hours. So I'm just pushing, pushing, pushing. Now, Levi, who is my oldest son, who's my son, his head was down. And Logan, my daughter, she was up. And so, at some point, um, they were like, we have to give you an epidural. And I'm like, but this wasn't a part of my plan. Like, this is not what I wanted. And they're like, well, we have to. Levi was stuck in the canal somehow, I guess, from all the pushing.
3: Yeah, Um, his head was was stuck. I guess you know how, like, the head is... How, now how is I forgot? Okay, the head comes comes up, the face is pointing down, right? And so he's actually turned to the side, so his head was resting on her your pelvis, mm-hmm. and then I, but they didn't know that at I think they knew it, but for some odd reason they kept yeah.
2: It was a shit show.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's
2: that's the moral of the story. They broke so your
3: bag, when <laughs> was they breaking back? bag?
2: The, yeah, the had have been day. that second day. Yeah, they burst Levi's sack right Mm -hmm. and then meconium gets in him so then it turns into a bigger situation um and then the epidural fell out I don't know if somebody new put it in and they not wasn't really sure but all of a sudden I was on something I was like I feel everything I don't think Mm -hmm. this is I'm supposed to be feeling what I'm feeling so they had to place a second epidural and I just remember a thing and I was like this does not seem like this is the sequence of events that's supposed to be happening um Mm -hmm. and by the third day which was the 15th um
3: yeah yeah that was crazy that
2: was crazy right so by the third day it was this doctor dr morris um you know he (laughs) white guy with these owlish glasses but i really liked him because he was very upfront with me he was like they shouldn't have had you induced multiple times like he you know and he wasn't throwing anybody under the bus he was just like at this point the only safe thing to do is a cesarean and I was just torn apart because I'm like how did we get here like we I feel like this could have been prevented and I and I had read stories about like doctors not listening to black women and black women dying during birth and and those things kind of came in my head and I was like yo if we could have just Giving them a little more time, we probably would not be here, you know. Um, and so he was like, "That's the only thing to do." He was like, "I'll give you some time, to, you know, think about it." But that's the that's the safe, um, that's the safest thing. So some hours, I was I was crying, and you know, I was asking Solomon, and he was like, "You know, we you know we got to do a safe." I'm going to support you either way. Um, because he was like, you could keep pushing, but I just don't, I don't think that's safe.
3: Yeah, I got pissed off on the, uh yeah. it was like the second day or third day. I can't, I can't remember. But you know, it com- it's like at some point in time, you know, like, okay, wait a minute. Like something's too much, something ain't right. Yeah. And then you don't want to like blow up on everybody. But I think Alicia had, she could tell and she kind of got everybody out of the room and had like, you know, she was just asking me, like, okay, what's wrong? Like, how do you feel? And like I said, my main thing is I'm looking at everything. And, you know, if it's not looking safe, then we need to – I'm like, man, hey, y'all need to get my kids up out of here. Like, what's going – you know, what's going on? Y'all got her She was working hard. You know what I'm saying? we. It's been 24 hours, you know, probably, yeah. what, third day? I mean, so even the first day, you know, not having the meds, and just them like scheduling your contractions. That's what I said the next day, like I that's the first time I think I probably witnessed that, you know, because I never seen somebody in labor that long. And it will you you're a different person. Like I never <laughs> seen somebody and I was like, oh, you're not Alicia, right? She you're just good. had this bewildered look on her face and she was like in pain but laughing and smiling. I'm like, nah, you know so something's not right. So I'm taking like, you know, mental note of like all these things as, as the time go on. So I think we just finally said, Hey, let's get the kids, um, here as safe as possible, you know, let's go through with it. And it was actually a smart decision cause they would awaited like, you know, we dealt with issues with our son, you know, yeah. coming out.
2: So my mom, because she, so she had rescheduled her flight twice thinking the baby would be you know they would be here by a certain day so she I remember she was gone and everybody else was there and on the 15th we went in for the cesarean and I just remember um because we didn't know the gender so but we were gonna do Levi and Logan no matter what so they pull Levi out and I don't hear anything and I'm like looking at Solomon like oh why isn't he saying anything and I remember the doctor being like tell her Tell her what it is, Solomon. And he's like, it's a boy. And I just remember thinking, like, well, why isn't he, I don't hear him crying. Like, what is happening? And then he pulled Logan out and he was like, tell her what it is. And he was like, it's a girl. And, you know, on the one hand, I was relieved. But on the other hand, I was terrified because I was like, I don't hear two babies crying. I just hear one baby crying. And I was like, but Solomon isn't saying anything so what is happening right um but because of all of the being in the canal how he was turned Levi had to go to the NICU um and be intubated and he was down there for a week and I remember them trying to get me to leave the hospital and I was like I'm not leaving without him so I stayed in the hospital so we stayed in the hospital um Logan was in the room with us Levi I was in the NICU. I could barely walk, and I knew part of it had to do with the the misplaced epidural. So Solomon had to bathe me. I mean, for days because I couldn't do I couldn't do anything. But every day I shuffled on down. He pushed me in the wheelchair down there so I could nurse him. And I remember the staff just being so like bewildered. Like, you don't have to come every feed, or they would say to Solomon, like, you don't have to come. Um, We were like, no, (laughs) this is our child. Like, we'll be here every feeding.
3: Um, Yeah, I had an episode behind that because I had to go to the house. You know, when he when he came out, for one thing, he just was staring at everything, and I was like, the first thing I said was, "Who is this person?" Right? (laughs) (laughs) He just stared. To this day, he does the same thing, and you know, it's crazy because doctors will have you worrying, like, "Oh, something's wrong." When I remember, um. One young lady, what happened was they took him down there. I remember just seeing him suction him out and saying he has mm-hmm. to go down there at the meconium. but, you know, they said he's going to be all right, and I went home one day. And um, I don't know, I was just in the house, and I just started crying because I was like, you know, that's, that's our kid. Like, we can go down there every day. We can stay down there however long we want to. So I think after that, I was like, we going down there to feed him because, you know, they was acting like, he didn't want to eat and stuff like that and there was one young lady down there she was a twin and i remember her just saying like he's so uh curious you know mm-hmm. she's like you should come come down here and you feed him and then i uh, come mm-hmm. to find out like he just wanted somebody to like prop his neck up so he could do you know he didn't want to do no work you know <laughs> he wasn't ready to come yeah. you know he chilling in the canal he won't ready then i brought him out here you know, he's sleep. he don't wanna hold, you know, he's not holding no bottle, he don't wanna do that, yeah. you know? And so um I just started tilting his head up and he's, you know, he started drinking like that. And then I was like, well, you know, parents don't ever think like, you don't know your child, even if your child has not been here before, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, that brought a whole lot of relief, but that was, it was a whole, a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. It sounds like you had an opportunity to release too. Once you had that time alone at home, yeah. and that and sometimes that just allows you to be clear of mind. Right. You just got back in it and was able to say, you know what, y'all not about to run me out of this room in yeah. <laughs> your not so subtle ways. Right. Oh, you don't have to come down every feed. Like, what? why would I not? <laughs> like, yeah. What you doing with? I'm not. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm curious. Right.
3: Nah, for, yeah, for real.
1: Interesting.
3: Because my first idea was, you know, it's aggression. You're mad. So I was going to present it like that. And I was, you know, I had this look. It just, I had that. So that time at home did give me, allowed me the time to like, okay, take the aggression off so I can like concentrate on like, okay, what actually needs to be done. I think with, with birth, like, there's just
0: this intense feeling of we need to do something with the baby or Mm -hmm. with the person after it happens. And there's no opportunity like right in that moment, especially with hospital births to actually process what just happened. Like there were a lot of things and emotions that happened over a course of three days. Mm -hmm. And then for it to, you know, end up in a emergency cesarean, all the emotions that go into that, And then to hear, okay, now your baby has to go to NICU, but you still need to heal and take care of yourself. There's like, there's no chance to actually be like, and another baby and right. Right. And a whole nother human. Like we just like, our whole lives just transformed and a lot happened to us. And there was, there's no opportunity to be like, let's just take, even if it's just five seconds to like take a deep breath Mm -hmm. and evaluate are we all okay yes okay what's the next thing and so again I think I am mean, like going home for you were able to kind of do that um, but not many people I don't think do do that like well I just gotta keep going I just gotta you know get back and, and keep going but I think that that then allowed you to be able to like process like okay here's what actually needs help here's what will actually benefit all of us um and so your your goal was to like go into um, labor nat like spontaneously or mm-hmm. and but they had scheduled an induction be- and did they like indicate why other than just wanting to get babies out or like you know, were things was, fine before that?
2: It was so interesting because there was very much this Alicia you will not carry past thirty eight weeks because. It's too much because there's twins and there's this, there's that. It wasn't until close to the end that I finally got some sort of explanation that the placenta starts to expire or something after a while and you want to catch it before then. But what's been so different about this current pregnancy, um, I have a midwife and I even, this. I'm using the same team. I connected with Dr. Morris who delivered the twins and he was like, well, it's different this time because it's one baby. So, yeah, that's your due date, but if it's not time, you don't have to come on the date. But that's not the language. That's not how it was presented with the twins. It was like, you're coming on the 13th, that's it. Like, we're inducing you. And I kept wanting to be like, well, what if it's not time? (laughs) You know, like, what if – because, again, I think a lot of that could have been avoided if I would have just waited a week or a few days. Or You know what I mean? Like, I just don't think – because I, it took so long for me to dilate. It made me feel like my body just wasn't ready.
1: Did they have you take non-stress tests? Mm, no, I
3: don't think so.
1: No. Yeah, yeah.
2: Remember the time I had to go to another part?
3: Oh, 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 oh I got you. Yeah. So that was when um, what, the nurses, some, when they said they come hear a heartbeat or something like that
2: something happened i had to go take one during that three-day process
3: oh no they couldn't hit it wasn't that they couldn't hear the heartbeat i guess the baby was wasn't moving or just you know not moving they kind of went a little overboard you know and probably came to find out the baby probably was just sleeping or whatnot so they had to go through a whole yeah it was a lot of that Mm yeah
0: because i mean again with the technology the beautiful technology that we have we are able to see a lot of what's going on yeah. and so to say you can't carry over a certain day or certain time limit with the twins like with the non-stress test would be able to show like are what's going on in the womb like do we have mm-hmm. an opportunity to actually wait a little bit right um, right so it's just a question of like how was that being utilized to it? Was it being utilized to its fullest potential? Like just making sure you had all the information that you needed to be like, what, what, what feels right.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And I think too, like they always have to err on the side of caution. Right. And so I feel like my doctor, while I loves her, I think she was a little more conservative and a little more Granted, I had a great pregnancy, no issues, but like all of a sudden, everything is this dire, you know, boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. And I'm like, I think it would have been different if I started having some complications or something like that, but I wasn't. The complications didn't come until they started trying to force the babies out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I'm also thinking about um, that you said, Solomon, is like not knowing our kids. Um, until they come, like that, that they have their own personalities and mm-hmm. who are they before they, they come. And I just yeah. think about, you know, you talking about your son just looking around, like, where am I?
3: To <laughs> <laughs> so this very day. <laughs> to this very day. It has not changed. Even with our daughter stuff that <laughs> she did then, she was yeah. a streamer then. She's a streamer now. She knows how to utilize it. You know, she just does. Somebody new come around. Levi is going to stare at them right in their mm-hmm. eyes until they do something exciting, and he might crack a grin, and he'll slowly start to unfold. But yeah, to this very day, and it's, it's I think for me, it made me realize that they they do way before they come out. They have some personality going on. Even to seeing their relationship now, mm-hmm. it's like makes me kind of interested in what was their relationship like in the womb. You know, because they, they still kind of did those same things. I'm like, she cries and he just looks at her like. Mm-hmm. So I imagine her crying inside the womb and how he's just down at the bottom like, oh, like, get me out of here. She you takes know? up
2: a lot of space.
1: <laughs>
0: and in the womb,
2: she was the kicker. She was the one doing all the moving, you know. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so, especially with twins, I think it's so interesting to be able to kind of think about their relationship before Mm -hmm. coming on the other side, like being in the womb, what that was like. But, um, I do, I do, like you said, they do, they are their own people, even before we get to meet them. Um, Mm -hmm. and being able to, I think, that's why I think it's so important for us to like connect with them way before, um, through that bond of like, Oh, we know you're your whole person. (laughs) (laughs)
3: And it's super important, too, for the identity, too, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't you see the things they do early, not trying to, like, shun it so early mm-hmm. because you don't quite understand it, but it's actually, it's, it's who they are, and it might be something you won't never be able to change, you know, and so you just like have to it. kind of just learn it. You, As a parent, you're not really the one, you know, they come out, you have to, like, learn them, mm-hmm. you know. Their task is not really to learn you right it. the time. Right. They have to learn right.
0: the world. <laughs> right.
1: Uh, so you you kind of got into the postpartum experience, at least in the hospital. What was it like once you actually took your babies home for you guys? Um.
2: So we took them home. My grandma was here yeah. already. Um, my grandma was here to help. And from what I remember, I mean, we were fine. It was like all of us rotating to take care of them. Um, So between he and I, my grandma, um, his mom. And there was a lot of tandem nursing because I breastfed them both. So it was a lot of that. Um and just a lot of like figuring things out, you know. Um I think I had like one day, I don't remember what happened, but one day I was just like overwhelmed. I remember we were I don't know if we were coming from the doctor and Aaron had like pulled up in front of me.
3: Yeah. Um I forgot what happened.
2: I forget what was going on, but I remember that one day specifically I was like, Are we gonna am I gonna be able to do this? Like I'm just so overwhelmed. And um, you know he was really supportive and was like maybe you just need a break and I hadn't gone back to work but there was just a lot of adjusting and for a long time like I didn't want to have sex because I correlated sex to like having a baby and then like the trauma of the birth um, but it didn't i didn't really recognize that as that until last year in april um i went to this training and in order to get certified like i had to be a client in the training and that was the trauma that i processed the trauma from their birth and then that was when it all like connected for me and i was explaining to solomon but for a long time i was like i don't want to have any more kids like i don't want to go to the hospital Mm -mm. i'm i'm good And I even had this pain in my left wrist for a long time. And I was asking my friend, I was like, what is going on? She was like, oh, it's probably just mom's carpal tunnel or something, she called it. And then when I went to that training and processed everything that happened, the pain went away. And I remember, like, it was a five-day training in Georgia. And I remember, like, banging my wrist on the wall, like, trying to make it hurt again. But it was no pain. And so... It was like I knew, but it was like then I was like, oh, that was a big thing for you. You know what I mean? Um, it really impacted you. And I think because I am pretty even, I'm not very like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty even all the time. Sometimes things can be going on and I don't realize it. <clears throat> but... Um, yeah, just, main, just mainly that one episode was overwhelming. But the biggest thing was just all the nursing and all the pumping.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, my God. Yeah. And it was nice because we have a really good support system here. So we were able to get out and go out together without the kid. You know,
1: so that was nice. I don't remember anything else. though. The idea with your wrist. I'm just thinking about the idea that the body keeps score. Right. Mm-hmm. It just never forgets like we can move on in our minds, or at least we think we do, right? The yep. body just holds on to that trauma until we heal it. Yep. So hmm
0: Very. And I I think about you know, in you when you send over like your submission thinking about like not having it being unexpected that you would have to, you know, deal and process through your own work. I think for many of us who do work around supporting other people, it's much harder for us to, like, open our eyes at, Like when it is our when it are, is our turn or when we have to deal with those things. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, it's not me. This isn't happening to me. I don't need to right. do all these things. And then, like, you you go to a training and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. That's what that was about. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And I pride myself on, as a therapist, like, trying to be as authentic and as in touch with me as I can. And so I'm constantly talking to my clients about, like, I have my own therapist. Like, I don't believe that I can show up for other people if I can't do it for myself. And even if the insight for me comes later, like, it comes, you know what I mean? So I was really grateful for that training, honestly. <clears throat>
0: So I I mean, I know you said that there was a lot of pumping involved and and all and nursing twins Um, like Solomon. What was your role during all of that? What did you see as your way of supporting during that time?
3: Um, mostly like uh, I did a lot. Well, I grew up all, boys. My mom was big on making sure we knew how to do certain things because she used to get pissed when they weren't done by her being the only woman in the house. Hmm. So uh, most of us, especially more so me, um, I have an older brother from a different dad. He moved out early. So I was always the oldest in the house. So a lot of it kind of like weighed on me. So like cleaning up, cooking, house you know, go get groceries, whatever. It never was like a thing to me. So I just, you know, continue to do those things, you know.
2: Wash the bottles. He was the master swaddler. I just did (laughs) not. When I swaddled, they always came out, but he would swallow them. I'm like, how did you get that?
3: because they got to go to sleep. Yeah, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 11.30 yeah. come, they're getting in their bed. <laughs> <laughs> 11.30 taking a they nap, they're getting in the bed at the same time every night. Yeah, that time is important. <laughs>
0: cool. Yeah, Solomon's like, we ain't playing.
1: Doritos, wrap them
3: up. And they used to, I mean, when I figured out, it was almost like,
1: <laughs> I was, so I was in
3: shock I felt like I had found like this great this secret
1: because <laughs> I would wrap
3: them the same way every time and I mean like two minutes they out I'm like oh this is going down all the time it used to worry me because I was like okay is it too tight Da you know but that's their thing they feel secure they going to bed you know <laughs> so yeah just just doing all those Things like that, it you know, it helps out. They were
2: in the same crib for a long time, and then it was a point where we had to put them in separate cribs because my daughter was waking him, waking up her brother, so she was poking him, and you know.
3: Oh, and she found out how to get out of the. And she found out
2: how to get out of her swaddle. That was the
3: day, and she found out how to get out. (laughs) Yeah. And we tried to put the what's them little um. They make them. It's like a a swaddle. Sleep sacks. Yeah. Yeah tried that, it worked maybe for two days, she figured that one out. It was over, it was
0: over, sad. So it we for had us. to get separate uh, was like, we got things to do. And
1: I like,
3: like Oh, to this day, she's the one. You yeah. might go in there, she's waking her brother up. <laughs> oh, she's screaming in the morning, like nah. If she knows you're up and she's gotta be back there in the room, we use, um, we still use white noise. It still works for them, mm-hmm. you know, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But does she hear anything through that white noise? Nah, she not. Nah.
0: <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I love to ask partners about how they like shifted in their role to show support because I think um, we find like, especially with nursing parents, the partner's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do when you're doing those things. Like what can I what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, there are so many other ways to make everything go round. <laughs> yeah. um, and I and do we I, had a dog then too. Oh so well then yeah. We the dog. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. yes, there are so many other ways to make sure that like we're all smooth and we're all and then being like being able to find the trick the thing that like I can't do but you can do yeah' y'all was swaddling, I might need you, Solomon, to show me how to swaddle, because, right. listen.
3: <laughs> Man, I mean, I had to watch, I never watched somebody breastfeed that long, you hmm. know? I mean, because you'll think, you'll hear about it. It's like, you know, you don't believe something until you actually see it. And I'm like, oh, milk coming out of there? Like, that's amazing, <laughs> you know? You don't have to wait yes. for that, yeah. <laughs> And like mm-hmm. they was really like drinking it, and they didn't need anything. You know, I'm used to babies being on formula and stuff like that. So you like, oh, they can really survive off of this. So
1: yeah, I think
3: seeing that it just was like, yeah, you keep doing that, right? So, <laughs> I can do whatever.
1: Okay, a found respect, right? She <laughs> is magic. <Yes>. Yeah,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was like, milk really does come out like, oh. yeah, that was yeah. <laughs>
0: Yes, I think any partner who hasn't seen it in action for the first time, they're like, oh, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> she just squirt milk across
1: the room. Like, wait a minute. Seriously. Right. <laughs>
3: they filled a whole cup of it. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know how much formula costs, too. So
1: Ugh.
3: I heard my mom talk about that was her thing, you know. Um yeah. I think she breastfed maybe, like, the first two. But when you start getting them, you know, it's – it could be very draining too. And she started having us older. I think the baby came, maybe she was like thirty-six or something like that. So so it was different then, I just remember then how they were just always like, Oh, we gotta get formal again. This costs so much. And then when I started seeing the prices of it, and I'm you know, you think about how much kids have to dream. like, wow. Yeah, so it takes a whole huge load off. For
0: sure. Yes. For sure. Um So, you know, how are you, what are some things that you're doing for this pregnancy this time around? I know that you're, you're working with a midwife. Mm -hmm. Um, you're doing that. What is, what is your prep for this, this go around?
2: So this go around, um, honestly, (laughs) because we got pregnant during the time that we were like arguing, like we weren't planning for this baby we more so planned to have the twins this when we weren't i've again been focused on like keeping my stress low and like um i'm using a midwife this this time around um at the same hospital we're using a midwife um and i'm trying to have a home birth this time too so we've been like talking about that and um I'm going to a chiropractor this time around. So, I'm, I've never been to a chiropractor, but my doula was telling me that um, the adjustment could be helpful. Um, we were in couples therapy at the beginning of the pregnancy, um, and I'm still in therapy now. And yeah, that's it. I mean, I just made a registry the other day because, once again, like, <laughs> We are trying to move. So that's been my focus. And people are like, are you going to make a registry? And then it's like COVID. So it's interesting because I've had to go to like my doctor's appointments alone. He could go in the beginning, but then when all this happens, so I go by myself. Um, so I'd be like, you know, how is COVID going to impact the birth? You know what I mean? Um, So, yeah.
0: I really, really love the amount of like processing work that you all have done, like hearing about all the ways that you've utilized like a space of therapy, just, um, I absolutely love hearing that Um, because I really do think that it's important in general for our mental health, but especially as, as Black people, as people of color, being able to tap into that, to like process the different transitions of our lives, the lives before, that for all of this um thinking about like the trauma from your birth and then into this new space of like having children i just i really really love hearing that and just think it's so valuable and and wish that many of us would tap into that more wish that we have more recess resources to tap into that more but just how important that work is to our own growth but i think also as parents Mm -hmm. just how important that work is so yes for y'all highlighting that uh, thank you <laughs> thank you thank you be the um, poster children
1: for mental right parenting <laughs> relationships all of it <laughs>
2: uh, try <laughs> okay. we ain't got it all down but
1: no right. and that's that's the point right like we for yeah. all in progress we all have things and like getting our people, especially our men, to, to step into that and yeah. be open to it and knowing that, yes, it's cool to talk to your barber, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I also saw a, um, an article about that, though, recently, about barbers training as mental health professionals um, <laughs> in a community. I forget where it's at. But because that is like a front door for oh, black men. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It really is. Okay, world. I see you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to share with listeners, resources, advice, anything else that you're thinking about?
2: Mm, I definitely just encourage folks who are expecting to find you know, your group, whatever that looks like, whether that's other expectant moms or some type of emotional support, um, that you don't have to go through the process by yourself. And whether you have a hundred people in the room, like me, you don't have to have that, but just having some emotional support during the pregnancy and after, I think is, is, is really important. Um, and then too, that, you know, your own body, like other people can tell you all these things, but New you know your body, pay attention to how you feel and really
0: advocate for yourself. Yep. Solomon, anything from you?
3: Mm, just enjoy the journey.
0: Mm. Yeah, good or bad. Yes, yes. Y'all, I feel great. I'm about to leave this thing. Like, I gotta go enjoy the day <laughs> and schedule my therapy appointment. Shoot! <laughs> can go enjoy the day. Do it together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank you for having us. It has been, will be impactful. Uh, definitely can't wait to share it.
0: Yes. Yes.
2: Thank
3: you. Yeah, y'all continue doing what y'all are doing.
2: Yeah, because it's important.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.